All righty. Good morning, everyone. Today we have a great episode of the Tea Podcast. We have a well-known name in the Acadiana area and probably farther than that, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. It's DJ Moon. We're going to be talking about his career, how he got started in this industry and what he's doing right now with music uh, in all relations to his life because he's in it deep. Uh, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. So uh, first up, we have our presenting sponsor, Chase Group Construction. They take the lead and become your one point of contact for all your beautiful design build needs. So um, if they have a diverse portfolio of projects that range from medical to popular restaurants and to multi, multi-unit shopping centers, uh, great local company, great guy. Uh, he's been supporting us for a while, and we do appreciate that. Check them out, chasegroupconstruction.com. Alrighty, so let me go ahead and set up my split screen here and uh, go ahead and get the introductions to DJ Moon. DJ Moon, welcome to the T Podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, it's uh, definitely a pleasure. It's uh, kind of kind of crazy because uh, I've listened to your music many times before, not realizing that it was a DJ Moon, and that you were in this area. I had no clue. <laughs> and my wife, um, I'm shouting out my wife, Kelly. She is a big fan of you. She um, also, we were listening to one of your songs, and it's one of the more popular ones that uh, I think we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but yeah, she was like, hey, yeah, this guy, he's like apparently like from this area. I'm like, is he? So I looked, I looked you up. I was like, dang, I like, I thought I knew this, but like, Definitely, definitely from here. So it's uh, it's good to have you here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, man. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, obviously, you're a DJ and you're deep into the music industry. So what does that, what does that look like? How did you get started in music? Um, tell me a little bit about you. Well, I started DJing at the age of 14. Uh, I was doing the high school dance thing, you know, and just got into it with a friend of mine named Adam. Uh, who goes by DJ Hart, give him a little shout out. All right. Um, just from there, we just kind of, you know, blossom into, uh, you know, the nightclub thing at, at the age of 18, started playing bars and nightclubs. And, what uh, kind of clubs were that back then? Uh, was it in this area? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, Lafayette, Baton Rouge. I, I grew up north of Baton Rouge. Okay. So uh, not really originally from Acadiana, though. I've been here since, like, 97. Um. Just started playing clubs. Well, whoever would hire me, really, you know. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, when you're when you're 18, you know, you know, taking what you looking can get. for what you, you can right. get, right? So, but uh, just kind of, you know, I did underground parties, I did raves, I did nightclubs, I did weddings, you know, when I the chance uh, came up, you know, just whatever, whatever I could do, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so like. Your preferred genre of music is um, electronic, right? Yeah, it's a uh, breakbeat. Yeah, you know, electronic. I, I do a little house here and there, play some house, and uh, um, you know, whatever I like. You know, yeah. So, so was that like some like, I guess, 
in your teenage years, that was something you were interested in always as a DJ. Like, did you have any inspirations? Or like, what what sparked that um, drive to want to get into music, and especially the DJing industry? Um, probably my parents' record collection. You know, they oh, had yeah. little, they had forty fives from like the sixties and seventies. Um, so I would sit there as a kid and I would, I'd play, I'd act like a radio DJ with one turntable and I'm coming up next is this song (laughs) and I'd I'd play that and I'd talk, act like I was on a microphone or whatever. And, uh, you know, just a love of music really just, you know, um, and then dance music came along in the, uh, I guess early to mid eighties, you know, like on the radio. I mean, I was listening to like, you know, Pointer Sisters, Automatic, uh, uh, trying to think of Midnight Star. You know, that was, those are big inspirational groups for me because they were using electronic drums and synthesizers. And I would, and I heard that Depeche Mode was another group that I heard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And I listened to the, uh, the mix shows on Saturday nights from the, you know, the radio stations in Baton Rouge and, and, uh, New Orleans and Lafayette as well. So, I mean, I, that stuff really just inspired me. You know, I heard it, and just something clicked, right? I just gravitated towards that that dance music, electronic sound. Uh, you know, from there, it was just, I was I was hooked you know, <laughs> from an early age. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was I was young. I mean, I like like six years old, seven years old, listening to like dance music. You know, like eighties, like electronic. Yeah, and style, style music. You know. Like you said, in the 80s, I feel like that's kind of... I was born in 86, so, like, yeah. my my early recollection recollection of that type of music is very vague. Um, but I grew up... my Like, my core memories are in the early 90s, mid-90s, mm-hmm. um, listening to 94.5, and right. Bobby Novosad somehow yeah. Yeah. still... Still doing the thing. Still, doing still it. looks yeah. the same. It's crazy. I don't understand <laughs> that, uh, Bobby. If you're listening, uh, we love you. Um, but I remember listening to. I think it was Club Nine Four Five at the time, oh, and yeah. um, I think it was Keg on the Strip that it was at. Like being a kid, I I, I heard all these club names. I'm like, I don't know where this is at. And yeah. even as a teenager, I would come to Lafayette. And this is before uh, navigation and all that, and we had barely even had MapQuest, and I still couldn't find the the clubs that were being named <laughs> on the radio station. I'm like, I don't know how to get to these places, and we yeah. stopped for directions. Still got lost. So, um, but I I was thoroughly enjoying the the electronic techno style of music that you know nine four five would have uh, you know in the evenings, and um, I really got hooked. And then that's kind of when. Um, I discovered DJ Trashy in the, in that era of time. And, like, whenever I heard that, I was like, dude, like, crazy. This is – I think it was – I don't know if it was turning out, turning off the lights or turning out the lights. It was one of those. But there were some other ones that I was like, okay. This is the type of music that, like, I was starting to, like, be ingrained. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, for you, I mean, from the 80s, so, like, there wasn't too much – electronic or any kind of stuff like that before that like that's kind of when it all started happening so like Mm -hmm. you just started you just started becoming a fan of it almost in real time yeah i mean it was it was revolutionary right you never heard stuff like that before you know i mean synthesizers were coming out and you know i mean just the sounds that were different 
Yeah. It was like a revolution, you know, you heard that, you're like, what is that? You know? And then, you know, real DJs, disc jockeys is uh, the, the real term yeah. for it. It was actually, you know, with records and like you said, flipping them. And then um, did you ever scratch any of your parents' um, records? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my grandmother had a huge console uh, turntable, you know, the old school ones. I don't know if you're old enough to remember those, but they were just like this, oh, like yeah. the biggest table. Mm-hmm. They had a turntable. It was a piece of furniture. Right, right. It had a speaker built in and out. You know, it had a tuner so you could listen to the radio. Well, she had, um, my cousins and I, we would we would play the records and she had them stacked or whatever. Well, one day I like, I started playing with, it's a belt drive turntable. So a belt drive, you don't really scratch on belt drives. You, belt, you, you scratch on direct drive, you know. Well, this is a belt drive, so... I started scratching on this this record. I think it was Alabama. You know the group oh, Alabama. God. She had Alabama on there, or my aunt did, or something. And I was, I was scratching that. Oh, I, I think I got I got my tail tore up for that. So. Oh, I bet. I mean, you probably ruined the belt drive part. I of mean, it. you know, but it was fun. I, I learned I learned uh, how to scratch that day, and you know, it's pretty much uh, you know stuck with me. So yeah. Um, a Andre Lejeune said 70s pop music was garbage. I don't know where you're getting that from, buddy. But, hey, yeah, it might have been. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you're, um, you're, you're welcome to your opinion. Yeah, you know? definitely. Um, so coming into, you know, adulthood and everything, you know, you're still obviously interested in uh, DJing and all that. But, like, is it, was that, like, a career goal for you? Like, what was the the goal for you to as far as, like, money and obviously DJing you can make money with it but like it's typically looked at as a side gig or a hustle um what was your I guess coming out of high school kind of that mindset like what was your thoughts I mean a lot of people don't even have any thoughts of what they're going to do after high school they're like just going to figure it out um what did that look like for you um I don't you know there were like there were like three or four things that I wanted to be growing up I wanted to be either a fighter pilot um, okay, may, maybe a, a, a <laughs> surfer or a, a beach volleyball player because uh, you know the beach is you know yeah thinking about the beach as a teenager you're like oh man it'd be cool to do this so either that a fighter pilot or uh, a musician or a DJ right I'll always love DJ right I always love like playing music entertaining people so I wasn't good at math I couldn't do I couldn't be a fighter pilot I wasn't really good at, at algebra and, and things like that you know I failed that in high school. Yeah, you figured out real Uh, quick. Yeah, so I said, "Well, I guess I'm not going into the Navy or the Air Force. (laughs) I don't have the I don't have the grades for that." And then, like, I didn't live near the beach, right? So I couldn't be a a, oh yeah, we don't volleyball player or a surfer, right? So I mean, DJ was like the next thing in line. So I was like, "All right, you know, I'm I'm good at it. You know, I've got the stuff." So I just kept on, and you know, I, I tried to find gigs here and there, and okay. As many gigs as I could find, and so yeah, I mean, I made a living out of it for for years. I mean, year, for years, that's all I did, you know. Before I worked for you know my current employer, so I mean, so how like how long did you do that? I guess as your main source of income, like uh, to what age? Um, I mean, I guess you know I was going to college when I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one. Uh, so I did it on the side at, at that point, but then I. You know, I just kind of fell into it, right? I, I I made more money DJing than I made working a nine to five job. So I was like, "Why am I doing this? Why am I killing myself 
Yeah. When I can work three nights a week, right, and have fun, you know, drink a little bit, you know, not that I, you know, not that I drink a lot, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, have fun while I'm make, making money and playing music, meeting people, you know. I mean, I met my wife in a, in a nightclub, you know, we're still married. So. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I met at the plaza. Oh, my God, yeah. the plaza. Yeah. Speaking of um, <clears throat> the term plaza, so um, my wife works with somebody, and I won't say names, um, but referred to this genre of music in, you know, and if you're not, if you're not exactly sure what genre we're talking about, if you're listening, um, if you know who DJ Trashy is, like that genre and uh, DJ Moon, yours is very similar. Like a lot of that, that genre is, um, they, this person is younger and referred to it as disco, a, or a plaza music. I'm like, that is just the. Like that's a slap. Like, wow. what do you? Do? Why would you call it that? It's like disco. I know. I know. I was like disco. Like, it's not disco at all. But no, I mean, I guess maybe the term disco tech kind of stuck around with these some people. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. But I know it's weird to hear a younger person say disco. Yeah, yeah, I you know. know. I could see maybe like a 70, 70 year old, eighty year old person say disco now and you know they probably said disco as a derogatory term towards the style of music yeah they're like oh it's yeah. disco i mean hey i like disco okay i like disco I too mean, there's man some, there's there's some disco that's really good and, you know it got over commercialized yeah and that's what people always associate with disco but there's other disco that was actually pretty good music you know there was i mean not not a ton of it but yeah yeah, yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta find it for sure yeah, yeah. um so plaza music, I'm guessing that is the the term the plaza or the the I guess it's a club because I don't I'm not familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, it was a club. Yeah, yeah, and um and you're probably familiar with um, uh, DJ G- Digital, right? Yeah, digital yeah. and not digital trashy, Johnny Cage, uh, Super Dave. Oh yeah, John Forte. Those are all my friends, right? Actually, Trashy and I used to live together back in like 2000. We were roommates. 2000, oh wow, 2001. Around that okay. time. So, I mean, I, yeah. And digital, digital actually, the first time I met digital, he came to my house when I lived with Trashy. And and the, the record label owner, I was on a record label called Juice Recordings, and he had, like, told digital, yeah, go see uh, go, go see Moon, and he'll hook you up with some promos or something. <laughs> and this guy just shows up at my house, and I'm like, he's in high school, right? And I'm like, who the hell is this, you know? Some kid showing up at my house or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, I talked to Wes. And that's the first time I met Digital, actually. And wow. Digital and I have been friends ever since. Wow, so. yeah. yeah. And Digital, he's doing he's doing great things. Yeah. Um, made it made it pretty far and still yeah. probably has so much more that he isn't uh, telling anybody or, like, revealing just yet. But um, so um, – Obviously, DJing is kind of the the main thing here that we're talking about. Um, but you're also with a company called, and I I want to make sure I get it right, Presonus. Yeah, Presonus. Presonus yeah. Audio. So tell me a little bit about Presonus Audio. Like, what is that, and how how did you get involved with them? Um. Well, actually, we were talking about you know DJing for a living. Well. The, the gigs dried up, right? <laughs> yeah. And my, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, she's like, you, you need to get a real job. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, God, 
right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she that, said, "What about?" Well, she said, "What about Presonus? You know, you've I actually applied for Presonus. Presonus has been around since 1995, and that's the year I graduated high school. So what I did when I graduated, I reached out to Presonus. I found out about them on the internet. You know, it's like, oh wow, Presonus. You know, they're in Baton Rouge. They're close to me. Yeah. So I actually emailed Presonus right out of high school and said, hey, do you guys have any positions available? And and the owner of the company, who's Jim Odom, uh, emailed me back and said, uh, we might. What do you do? And I'm like, what kind <laughs> of experience do you have? And I'm, I'm, I'm fresh out of high school, right? Yeah, so, you didn't have very uh, much as far as, like, the DJing that you've done. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a DJ. That's about it. That's about all I can say. Yeah, I'm a DJ, and I worked at the store or whatever, you know. But uh, needless to say, I didn't follow up really on that. You know, maybe I sent a follow up. I can't remember. It's been yeah. A while. But anyway, so I end up working for this company years later. My wife says, "What about Presonus? You know, you you that's probably the only company in the area that's got you know some you know that's associated with what you do." And uh, so I applied for a tech support job over there, and they hired me on the spot. Nice. They're like, "Oh yeah, we need somebody." So uh, I don't even know if I brought a resume. <laughs> you know, the guy, the manager was just like so desperate for somebody to work, you know, tech, do tech support. And I, and I had experience. I mean, I, I had recorded music, you know, I'd, I'd use software and, you know, hardware. So I uh, pretty much got the job on the spot. That was two, right after uh, Katrina. Okay. Yeah. So I've been there almost 19 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so I moved into sales and, and you know, I, after about two years of tech support, it's probably all you can do. You know, after two years, you're burnt out. You yeah. Know, people yelling at you. Yeah. It's like a customer service line. Yeah, it's customer service, you know, but it's really technical. I mean, you're doing, like, really technical stuff, like, you know, trying to pinpoint and find out what's going on with people's computers and uh, audio not recording or yeah, pops so and clicks or whatever. You know, if you had a problem with this, you call and, you know, that's that would be me back okay. you know, in the yeah. early days. <laughs> but now you're in sales. But now I'm in sales, and I've been in sales for, oh, I mean, over 15 years at Presonus, you know. Where is so. Presonus located? You said they're in, in this area, huh? Yeah, we have, we built a new facility. We were in the old Bon Marche Mall in Baton Rouge. Okay. Uh, which is now a, like a technology center. They converted it to a, a, like a technology center. So we were there. Until 2014, we built a new building across, uh, you know, where Blue Bayou Water Park is. Obviously, yep. it's yep. right down the street on Highland. So, we've been there ever since. Okay. So, uh, you know, yeah, I'm still there, and uh, we got, you know, we got acquired by Fender about two two and a half years ago. Um, so we're a brand of Fender. Uh, Musical Instrument Corporation yeah. now. Yeah. Everybody so, should know what Fender is. Yeah, I'm sure people know who Fender, Fender Strats, yeah, and, uh, yeah, Telecasters, and if you don't know what Fender is, like, yeah, um, yeah. you've heard Fender. Trust me, on, you've had to have, even if you're not even into the music kind of world, you've you've had to have seen it. If not, ew. yeah. Um, before we go too far, um, we're at a at a time. I want to go ahead and get my other sponsors in real quick. So, first up. Uh, Music Academy of Acadiana, it's uh, pretty relevant here. Uh, so you can unleash your musical potential at the Music Academy of Acadiana. They are Acadiana's top music school. So if you want to learn anything like guitar, voice, drums, violin, saxophone, flute, 
or even audio production, which is very similar into the, I don't want to say too close to DJing, but like there's a lot of technical stuff in it. Um, they have experienced instructors that cater to students of all ages and styles. Uh, they've even helped people graduate, go to college, uh, even go into major music competitions like American Idol and The Voice. Uh, it's founded uh, by UL Lafayette Music School graduate Tim Benson, who is also in a emo cover band called The Criers. If you want to go ahead and Google them, that's kind of cool. Uh, they've won national recognition and are consistently voted as a top music school since 2016. Their goal is to make music lessons fun, educational, and to help foster the next generation of musicians and creative thinkers. Their website is musicacademyacadiana.com. And then we have EPS, or Electronic Protection Systems. They are a 20-year-old plus company here that specialize in smart home security systems and whole home water systems, uh, water conditioning systems. So if you need a security system for your home or, or business, these guys are the guys to check out. You probably have seen their signs around the uh, area. Um, I use their products not because they sponsor me, but because I needed it. And all of a sudden I was like, hey, I really like your products. They, they're, they're affordable enough for me to be like comfortable with it versus the other national guys. And also the, the whole whole the whole home water system is kind of a tongue twister there. Um, my water tastes better and it's like good for me your, your washer and dryer and your if you if your dryer has a steam function and your dishwasher. So uh, great company. Check them out at eps-online.com. And also we have a referral link. So if you want to use that, you can screenshot or just write it down. Link developinglafayette.com slash EPS. If you use that link, we'll get a little kickback from it, and we love kickbacks. So uh, thank you to our sponsors, and uh, let's go ahead and get into the, the topic that we're in right now with DJ Moon and talking about uh, personas being acquired by Fender, because I am curious on how that happened. Uh, well, I don't know all the details. Okay. Right? They don't tell me all the details. I, I know some of them, but anyway... You know, whenever COVID came about, um, our company wasn't doing bad. We were doing pretty well. But whenever COVID came, our our sales blew up, right? Because people are doing this right yeah, at yeah. the house. They need interfaces. They need speakers. They need microphones, headphones. Uh, people are working from home. So they needed speakers like bookshelf speakers. And we have stuff like that that we make. So our sales, we have software, you know, we have recording software. People were trying to record their albums while they're sitting at home, you know, not doing okay. a lot of work. Yeah. So uh, people started buying lots of audio equipment. So we were lucky to have a lot of stuff in stock, you know, in our warehouses, and we sold a, a ton of stuff. So we weren't doing bad. A lot of people think we sold to Fender because we were doing bad. We were actually, uh, we were selling more than we had ever sold. We had, you know, we were doing really well. And uh, I mean, you don't uh, typically you you either acquire a company because it's either going doing bad or it's doing really good. Right. Or yeah. or there's potential to do really good. Yeah. So typically it's, it's yeah, like to your point, you guys were not doing bad. You're doing good. But like maybe there is potential to do better. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Fender was Fender's a guitar company. Right. So they were yeah. looking for, you know. The naturally the natural progression is for somebody who's playing guitar they want to record they want to record what they're doing 
they want to have a studio in their house, you know, and we have that we had the knowledge to do that. We had, we had done that since the mid nineties, you know, we had, we had made all these products, we had produced all these products and we had, uh, we had a good name, you know, good reputation. So they looked at that and they're like, you know, this would be a good company to acquire. So they, you know, obviously made an offer and, yeah. you know, it was, yeah, yeah. it was, Something that Presonus was like, yeah, you know, we were, they were kind of, I think they were kind of looking to, you know, they weren't looking to sell, but I, I, you know, I think, you know, the offer was really good. And yeah, if it's too good, you, and it's kind of hard. It, to pass it, up. it fit with our vision, right? We, did, we didn't want to just sell it to somebody and they just tank it, right? And, you know, Fender has a great reputation, you know, yeah. to be partnered with Fender. I mean, it's a no brainer right, for yeah. Presonus, uh, you Fender, know, so. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they acquired us. They didn't change a lot of things. A lot of people thought, oh, you know, it's going to be in a presonus and, you know, things are going to go south. And actually, they, they understood that we knew our business better than they did, right? So they kind of left us to our, to our own selves and, you know, provided us, uh, you know, more financial backing, yeah. Backing, yeah, to do the things that we wanted to do. So, I mean, it, it's been a great, I think it's been a great marriage, you know. Nice. So, um, yeah, whenever I saw your email address and had at Fender, I'm like, hold up, like at Fender. And then I, I read your, the rest of your, uh, your information that you provided. I was like, wow. So, uh, it's really cool to, to, to see that. And especially it's a Louisiana based company. Personas is yeah. correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so you do sales and also you guys, uh, like you said, you make, um, software and all the other equipment. You brought a mic in. And uh, when you first brought it in, I thought you were going to, like, replace the mic that I had. I was like, what? he already assumes that I don't have a good mic. But um, what it is, it's, a, it's their own, um, I'm going to say proprietary, correct? Is that it's your own design? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we have about five or six mics that we make now. This is the PD-70. Uh, it's a dynamic mic. So I just brought it to show you, really. I was going to, like I said, when I came in, yeah, I thought about just saying, yeah, this is uh, this is my contract. I have to use only Presonus mics, but which is not true. But you know, that would have been funny. But anyway, this is the uh, the PD seventy. I brought it just to sh- kind yeah. of show you. I I think it looks really cool. Um, it looks like we were talking about before we went live. Um, it's very uh, iconic looking, um, and I think that is um, intentional um, because whenever you see that that elongated black foam. You're like okay, they got like quality mics. Yeah. Even though if you don't know what the brand is, you're like quality mic, quality studio. Like, and here I am. I got uh, Rode Pod mics, which these are these are good, um, but they have these uh, shiny silver grills, and so a lot of people, whenever they see it, um, you can almost get the impression it's like if you don't if you're not familiar with the brand, like oh that that must be a cheaper mic. Yeah. Like because it doesn't have the black foam, it doesn't right. look like the one that I see Joe Rogan uses or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, you know. But it, they they sound great. They yeah, sound they sound all right. Yeah, they're not as good as Presonus, but okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll go with that because I I have no way to, <laughs> to 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 prove it or debunk it. Yeah. Um. I uh. But full disclosure, I offered for him to replace the mic. <laughs> I did. You did. He he said it's fine. No, that's good. That's okay. Good. Um. So uh, on top of mics, what else, what are the other things that you guys make? I know you mentioned a few, but like, what is your flagship product? Like, what is Personas known for? Uh, probably 
small audio interfaces. So if you want to plug your guitar into your computer, record, you know, okay. record it. You know, we have we have quite a few two channel. Uh, we have some four channel. We have eight channel. You know, if you want to record a drum set, you know, a drum kit. We have a drum kit mic set now. You can, you know, we actually make those mics. Yeah, yeah. So this should be an obvious um, answer, but I want to ask it anyway. So with your um, DJing, do you use Personas equipment? Yes. yes okay. Yes, <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, we have PA speakers as well. So if I do a mobile gig, yeah, I'm always playing on Personas like, yeah. speakers. You know? Awesome. So, um, All right. So I want to go ahead and kind of move, move along a little bit. So some other things that you are into, you are a – a DJ for uh, Big 102 point. I think it's Big 102.1. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's the, I had the uh, Saturday Night Big Mix. Tell me a little bit yeah. about that. Like, how did you get that gig and um, what is the style? Like, what do you do there? Um, well, for a few years, I had I had uh, approached Big 102.1 about doing a mix show on Saturday nights. And they were kind of hesitant to do it. And then Chris Logan goes, you know, he worked over there for a while, and then he left and he came back. So when he came back, he kind of was the guy who pitched it, you know, to Fast, and Fast was like, all right, you know, let's give it a shot. And here we are, like, uh, I think we're like five years past. I think oh, wow. We're close to the five-year, uh, you know, anniversary of doing the first show. So, I mean, he he was one of the DJs, Chris was. Uh, I was now Chris is not there any well he's you know he's back he's you know, he's he back is. in the industry but he has his own thing shout out to Chris yes I had Chris on uh last a bit I believe it was last year earlier this year I can't remember yes. time flies um and that's kind of whenever he launched um planet planet radio and he was streaming live and he had his own radio station um streaming live only and I think now he has an actual radio station uh, yeah. frequency, so that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, he does. So, uh, so anyway, back to the the big mix. I kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of straight. Yep. Anyway, yeah. So we do it every Saturday night, nine p.m. to eleven p.m. Central Time. It's uh, it's me. It's DJ Hart, who's my best friend that I spoke about. Uh, uh, John Forche and Super Dave. So the four of us rotate every month. You know, every week. Uh, you know. Yeah. Every week. But uh, yeah, it's it's dance music that was played around the area. So we try to we try to stick to songs that people know that we played at you know that the Plaza, Mako's. Um, Have you played at Graham Central Station? I did. Yeah, actually, Trashy played there um, when it opened up, and we did a Sunday night thing over there where we played breaks. Okay. So it was it was all electronic, you know, and that was. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I yeah. I can't remember the, the <laughs> specifics. But, yeah, he played over there in the dance room, you know, on Saturday nights. And uh, we ended up doing a Sunday night thing over there for a while. So, I, so technically, yeah, I did play over there at, at some point, you know. Yeah. So, um, grad, near whenever I graduated high school, pretty much I became an 18-year-old. I, I felt comfortable going to, you know, those places because I'm allowed in at that point. Um I heard about this place called Graham Central Station. I was like, okay, well, I, I was nervous to go into a bar. I had never been into a bar except for, like, maybe a small country bar with, like, my grandpa who, like, walked in and walked right back out with me. But yeah. um, 
going to Graham, I was I was a little uh, and I, I I'm good at side side tangents, so I don't know if you picked up on that. No, that's um, so I, I I swear it's gonna circle back in a, in a way it's gonna connect. Um, but I me being a fan of ninety four five the club nine four five makes it late at night and you know coming into my young adulthood and then discovering this place called Graham Central Station right off of Bertrand, which is now a Rouse's, which is funny. Um, Whenever I walked in, I was immediately uh, overwhelmed with the amount of, I guess, visual and audible stimulation. Um, It was, I, 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 my, my understanding of what a, a club would look like was skewed. Uh, watching TV shows and movies, you always picture this like one room where there's like two or three levels and people are all dancing. And yeah. it, for some of them, it's similar. There's there's some stuff related to that. But with Graham, it was one level, but like five or I think it was like four or five different rooms. I think it was five or four. I I can't remember. Anymore. Yeah, it was four or five. I can't remember. Yeah, maybe five. So we walk in and. <coughs> It was the coolest thing to to walk in to to hear one room playing techno EDM. This one room was a karaoke bar. This other room was like a disco room. Yeah. And then this other room, the largest room, was like the country. Yeah. Like the, the general genre of music. Uh, country was country and pop, but that's where everybody did the line dances. That's yeah. the line dance room. Yeah. So how yeah, I you think didn't about do it. that in the dance room like you do now. Oh no, <laughs> right. You know, every song's a line dance now. I uh, know. I mean, and you know what? Uh, we got to thank Cupid Shuffle for that. Yeah. I feel like he's yeah. thanks Cupid. Yeah, thanks Cupid. You led the the charge on creating line dances for every song. I feel like uh, like do it with your boots on. That's another one. Like. Every every song is a line dance, but we yeah. still love it. Well, we it was the freeze before that, right? Yeah, right. I mean, the freeze and the yeah. stro- stroking, you know. Oh they're, god, they're, I mean, god, that and Footloose. So we we can't blow it. We can't blame Cupid. Though, no, you know? no, but hey, but Cupid, yeah, he he he, he made it big hey, with that. He I, did good. I applaud him. I, I yeah, used to, I used to do his flyers. He used to do some shows at the level, which was an after hours club. Uh, they did some shows over there, and uh, I would do his flyers. So I'd tell people, "Yeah, I used to do the dude's flyers." And my my wife used to work at Eddie Bauer with him as well. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. So she's like, "Yeah, I know him. I used to work with him." Yeah, and just yeah. you know, Cupid. And what's crazy is I never realized whenever I first heard the song "The Cupid Shuffle," I had no clue that the guy was from South Louisiana. Yeah. Or the Canadian area, Lafayette area. Um, I was living in Lake Charles when I first heard the song, and you know everybody was doing this line dance, and it seemed pretty easy because the song tells you what to do. Yeah, you know, go to take a right, take a right, go to left, go to left. You know, you know, spin around all this, and I'm like, this is super easy. I can't do the Footloose to save my life, but yeah. I could do the Cupid Shuffle. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I've I've played uh, Footloose, all of those line dances over and over again. I don't know any of them. Not a single one. I don't know. Hey, it's I, not I your care. job. It's I don't <laughs> care. I don't. I, I'm not a line dance guy, right? No, I, no. I, if when I dance, it's like freestyle dancing, and it's not. You know, uh, yeah. Probably looks bad now. If, but, yeah. But back in the day, you know, you know, I would never do line dances, and and I don't know any of them, and I'm and I never made it a point to learn them. I'm just like, right. I and don't care. Look, I tried. It just didn't work, and I'm too stiff. 
Um, I'm a stiff guy. Yeah. Even uh, break dancing, I I loved that. But then at that point, I'm not agile enough yeah. to do some of the stuff yeah. like spinning on your back and doing the whole where your legs kind of spin around. And I thought that was the coolest stuff. Yeah. And uh, so you, but can you break dance? Can you do some of that? <sighs> well, I I used to be able to okay, do that, okay. some of that stuff. Yeah. But now, no, I'm not, yeah, <laughs> right, I'm okay. not doing that. I'm just moving a little bit, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm doing, like, the, the dad, the dad dance. You're doing, like, off the movie that, uh, Hitch, right, where you, you just stay yeah. here. You just kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just kind of stay in your lane. Balance a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I used to. I used to, I used to like, popping popping and locking, you know. And, oh, my God. And I still do it a little bit here and there, like, you know, when nobody's watching. Yeah, yeah, and then you got to take a tot and all afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I, you know, I love dancing. You know, yeah. dance is a big part of the dance music scene, obviously. But yeah, um, so kind of going a little bit farther here. So you uh, started your own thing, and it's it's a mobile DJ service. So obviously, sticking with your your passion called GoPro Event DJs. So um, and it's a selective. You have selective. Yeah mobile DJ service. So I'm curious on um, what does that mean? What do you mean by selective? Like how do, how can people book you? Like tell me a little bit about yeah, that. I, you know, yeah, I did that stuff for so long that I'm just like, you know, I don't want to do every weekend, you know? Okay. Yeah. You know, I got kids, you know, so I, I can't do. So I when you say selective, it, you're, you're basically saying, you know what? There's going to be times where I say no. Yeah, I mean, I would rather do. I like to do gigs where I'm playing dance music, obviously. Yeah, because you know, that's what I'm into. That's what I. That's what I specialize. So, in. like, if it's a wedding and you know there's yeah. going to be nothing but line dances. You're well, there's like, there certain people that get married that that I know from like nightclubs, right? Yeah. So yeah. they're like, oh man, I want to get you to play, you know, and because they know you your style of, and they appreciate of, it of plaza music. Yeah, for instance, you know. So I, that's what I say. I'm selective. I would rather do like 80s and 90s dance. Um, I would rather do like high school reunions, right, from the 80s. And yeah. 90s because that's that's fun. You know, people dance, they they throw it back to the time when they were in high school. So that's kind of like what I specialize in is more more of the dance music type stuff, you know, you know, 80s, 90s. That's uh, no, not all I do, but, you know, I'll do a wedding here and there. Yeah. You know, if the money's right, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't work for cheap. So no, no that's know. good. You can't. I, people just don't realize how much work goes into it. I'm going to shout out the DJs, the mobile DJs, because people are always like, "Oh man, that's so expensive. Why? Why is it? It's expensive because I don't just show up and play. Right? I bring a whole entire nightclub to to your event, lighting and everything. I'm yeah. I I load in, I load into my to my vehicle, I unload at the gig. You know, then I load up, I'm the last person out of there, and then I have to unload when I get home, right? So that's four times. But people don't even think about the preparation that goes into it before that, right? I have to prep, you know, I mean, like days, you know, maybe a week for a gig. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm putting hours into it. So, it, you know, so if you ever have said, man, that's expensive for a DJ, you need to, like, come, come along with a mobile DJ and, and, like, see, like, what we do and, like, how much work goes into it. It's, you know, I mean, I oh, I, I can't tell you, like, the amount of hours, like, just one gig. It's not just from, like, the time you start playing to the time the gig's over with, right? So it's, like, people have to 
people don't don't think that think about that. They don't they don't leave the, you know in their minds. You know they're like. Just yeah, yeah. About, I mean, uh, because yeah. they they a lot of people show up after the party's already started, and they'll leave before the party's over, and they think, oh yeah, th- th- yeah. that's the experience they get yeah. with the DJ. And, yeah, and it's not unless you're paying for it. Then obviously, yeah. you know, um, so I, I'm just you know putting that out there for the the mobile DJs who kind of get uh, you know crapped on, you know, like, yeah, about yeah. the price, and you know that's why it costs money because it's it's a lot of work, you know, and usually it's just me, right? I don't have a helper, you know, I could bring a helper if I'm getting, you know, it's a big gig and I'm getting paid well, I can afford to, you know, pay somebody to come out and I've done that, but it's usually just me. Right. So I'm like, you know, working like a dog, you know, right. You know, so I I work, you know, that's why, that's why I charge, you know, okay. A good, a pretty penny, I guess. So roughly how many gigs do you estimate that you have uh, in a given month? Oh, right now I don't. Yeah, I don't do much. Maybe once a month I do okay. a gig. You know. Yeah. I'll fill in at Route ninety two. Uh, you know, shout out to Francis and uh, Bert, Rusty, those guys over there. They'll, okay. They'll ask me, hey, uh, you know, Francis is going out of town. Would you fill in? So I fill in over there every once in a while. Yeah. You know, it's fun. I have fun over there. Good. You yeah. know, actually, I'm playing New Year's Eve over there with <coughs> Trashy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a big so there's one. There's a shout out for Route ninety two. Yeah. yeah. New Year's wow. Eve, DJ New- Moon, DJ Trashy. Uh, so has the promotions to that started yet? Because I don't feel like I, no. I haven't heard anything. No, yet. because they they have shows every weekend, like yeah. Friday and Saturday. So they you know they try not to go yeah too uh, too far out. You know they concentrate on their shows probably. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I tried to have Trashy on uh, about a year or so ago, and I had him booked, but he said, "Look, I'm 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 running around like." there's a chance that I'm going to have to cancel on you. I said, that's fine. I just want to get you on just in case. Um, and so never, never have, haven't tried again since, but, um, um, it's so cool to know that you guys are close, so close in that, in that way. Cause obviously, um, the genre is very similar. Um, but I, I, I guess I, in my mind, I would, I would have been like, Oh yeah, they're, they're from this area. They probably like are friends. They probably do stuff together, but like, then I also think like maybe they consider themselves competition like against each other. So like I don't know if that looks how that looks. So it's cool to hear the backside and um, how close you guys are, and especially doing a show together. That's that's really neat. Yeah, we usually do uh, Mardi Gras over there actually. Like every, like the last three years, I think we played. Yeah. So, um, so speaking of playing some more, uh, I, we're kind of I'm gonna come, go back a little bit a couple of years. I say. I see three and a half, four years. So COVID, COVID was a wild one for a lot of mobile DJs because you had no parties yeah. to go to. True. Um, did you get involved with live streaming yourself and all that good stuff? And tell me a little bit about that. Like, what would that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, we we started. I mean, I started doing it on Facebook. You know, uh, that 2020, I guess it was. Yeah. You know? I just started, you know, I had I had my phone and I had a PreSonus interface. Actually, actually interfaced right with my phone. So in the early days, I was just using my phone. You know, now I've got a I've got a little computer that I use for streaming. But yeah, I was I was heavy into it. You know, every Saturday night. You know, maybe Friday and Saturday sometimes. Yeah. You know. And did you um, did you put your Venmo and all that good stuff up to get yeah. tips and all that? Yeah. 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 Yeah, thanks for the tips, y'all. <laughs> I bought some more records with it, so you know, nice. It's cool. 
Um, I know DJ Digital, he did it as well. Uh, and I think, of course, Trash, a lot of the DJs did because, you know, especially if they can't play shows, this is the only way that they were able to play and right. hopefully make some income. Yeah. Uh, it was really neat. Um, it was like a wild, wild west of a time for everybody. Uh, but, you know, for those people that were sitting at home, you know, you a lot of people started feeling pretty depressed of just staying home and then like not feeling like they have any kind of like this liveliness about them. And then when the DJs came in and was live streaming themselves, like, Hey, we got a little, we got a little excitement yeah, here. Like you know. everybody in the comments was just like, man, this is what I needed. This is cool. And they felt like they were at a party, but yeah, they're in their living room or on the toilet, whatever. Yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah no telling what's going on. <laughs> right. Um, and to see the amount of people watching uh, there, there were times um, and I've only seen a couple of them and kind of briefly watched the numbers, but, you know, it would range anywhere from like, you know, 30 people listening or, you know, depending on the, the, the time of the night, there was at one point, I think for trashy, he had like 400 to 800 people like listening. Yeah. Um, and I was like, dude, like I couldn't imagine the potential of the, the tips coming in. If he's like really pushing it, like, yeah. Yeah. I know di uh, digital. He was he had his prominent like it was displayed well. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if Trashy had his displayed well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was decent, decent yeah. enough money for live streaming. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, I guess it kind of tapered off after a while. But yeah, yeah. I still do it. I still do every every Saturday night. I pretty much do it if I'm not gigging somewhere. You know, I'm on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DJ Moon. There you go. So, Good plug. Yeah. What about uh, TikTok? You haven't tried live streaming on there? I don't. Ha I'm, I'm old, so I don't have TikTok. But I'll stop. I know. I know older, way older people that have TikTok yeah, that are like big on there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You know, I have Facebook, and you know, that's about it. But yeah, yeah. Twitch. I'm on Twitch. You know, I, it took me a while to build Twitch. Up. Yeah, I think I have about a thousand. I'm about a thousand people. Twitch is some work. It the 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 organics of that one are left up to you you have to yeah. really push to get people to kind of go to it yeah um and the reason why i mentioned tiktok is tiktok is more of a discovery platform yeah. versus i think twitch is trying to be a discovery platform they're like integrating discovery in stories, there stories and they're doing yeah. stories now i think I but with tiktok there's i've i have learned about so many djs via tiktok that i was blown away with i was like dude i would have never heard about these people have it not been for my the algorithm really knowing my brain and like yeah. telling me, okay, this is probably what you're going to like. Yeah. Um, one day, one DJ in particular um, is her name is Amelie Lenz. She's from um, across the seas. She was, um, she's more of a rave house um, DJ. Like it's like very, the beats are very, very, this pretty much the same beat. Yeah. Throughout, like the same the tempo, four, every four house. yeah, like yeah, just like constant. And it was she was playing at uh, the thing. This show's called Tomorrowland, mm -hmm. and huge event. And like the, the 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 smoke and the lights and everything. And it was just really cool. Um, so I guess you know you know mentioning TikTok. I, I didn't know if that would be something that uh, you'd find interesting to know yeah. that. I was able to define uh, to find people that I liked. I didn't know if that maybe, yeah, yeah. something like, something like to consider. My wife is on TikTok, so maybe she'll help. Yeah, me out. yeah. Mo a lot of women are. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, she's on there all the time. I'm like, 
I don't know, like sending you, probably sending you videos, like, oh, what's, this is what, funny. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. While I'm watching TV, I'm yeah. like, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, God. So I want to talk about, so speaking of other DJs, like that, um, you know, that are out there, and so kind of going back to your music. Um, so I think this is what a lot of people are more interested in as far as like the music side of it. Um, you've worked with, or excuse me, um, have remixed several big-named um, artists. So, for example, Groove Armada. You uh, you mentioned Nucleus. Is it Nucleus? Nucleus, yeah. Yeah. Um, Fiona, that's a that's an interesting one. DJ Dan and uh, Jim Hopkins. So tell me a little bit of how you scored the ability to remake. Did you have to reach out to them, or is it kind of like public domain? Like, how does that work with copyright? Like, what's the process of going into remixing a song that may have already been out there, maybe relatively unknown. Cause there's some, there's a song that I, that you remixed that I only know your version. Yeah. And I, I had to force myself to listen to the other one. I'm like, eh, not the same. It's not the yeah. same. Is it on top of the world? Is yes, definitely. Yeah. 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 I actually, I found that record, uh, when I was playing at a club downtown Lafayette, my friend Allison Kalagna, who's a big uh, house DJ now, she lives in Denver area, I think, still. Um, she played at this place, and she kind of turned me on into that record. I, she was playing it, and I watched the crowd. I played the, I played on Friday night. She played on Saturday night. And uh, I was like, man, it'd be, you know, it'd be cool to bring this over to, like, the plaza, you know, that, that's, yeah. that scene. You know, it was a house track, right? So I took it and uh, I just, you know, I, I remixed it one weekend, made it breaks, breakbeat, you know. Yeah. You know, pro, you know, program my own my own sounds into it here and there. And it, it kind of, it took off. Um, and actually, the guy who wrote the song, I, I thought about this the other day, the guy who wrote the song actually emailed me or and call, he actually called me from the UK. Really? And uh, he he said, "Hey, I heard your remix." And uh, he said, "Would you want to do something on?" Uh, it was on MCA Records. MCA is not no longer uh, a label. I think they were bought out by Universal, somebody like that. Well, he had the connections at MCA to get the acapella, and like oh, so you didn't have you got rid of the background music. Yeah, he essentially. Had, well, he he had access to the acapella. Yeah. And he decided to get permission from MCA to give it to me. So he actually sent it to me from the UK and uh, asked me if I would want to do something. You know, I had already done the remix and I, and I never, I still have the CD with acapella, but I never really did anything with it after that, you know, and because I was, you know, I was kind of like, well, it's already, you know, I've already already done done it, you know, and I've kind of moved on to other things and I never did anything like further, but now that that's kind of a story, you know, and I had I had a guy from I had a record label from Miami reach out and want to do something with that as well, and I, I don't know why it yeah. never transpired, but anyway, you know, I mean, it's just different, you know. If I want to remix something, and you know, I'll I'll either hit up the the artist or the label and ask if I can you know get the parts to remix it. Um, sometimes they don't re- respond back and sometimes I just remix it anyway. Uh-huh. You know? And just take just to you see know? what happens. Right. And I just put it out on my uh, band camp, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, I don't charge for it, you know, 
it's it's not my you know right my rights i don't own the rights to it so you know I'll just put it up for free you know if you want to download it you download it whatever so it's just different scenarios you know sometimes it's the people reach out to me to remix something hey you want to remix this yeah. yeah. So, like, but. do you ever find yourself sitting in your car listening to the the radio, whatever music that you're listening to, and you just find yourself like tapping different on the steering wheel, like coming up with a different uh, tempo and oh, like yeah. changing it? And oh, yeah. the, mine's always working. You know, I hear something like, "Wait a minute, that'd be cool." You know, I heard like, I, I mean, example like Aretha Franklin uh, song, "Who's Zooming Who?" It's an older '80s song. I just heard it randomly on like. Uh, Serious XM or whatever, yeah, you know, and I and I bought the twelve inch because it had an acapella on it, I think, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna do a remix. Of it. I never, I never did a remix Aww. of it, but but you know, just it's always working. Like you hear things like, oh, it'd be cool to remix that, yeah, yeah. You know, if I had more time, you know, I got kids, you know, so yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of time to work on music, but yeah, it's always the brain's always working when you hear stuff, you know. So I, I'm, I love music in a way. You know, very similar, but I, I I am fascinated with DJs in general, like the, the, the ability to come up with remixes. I, I can hear it in my head. I can imagine what a remix would sound like. like. I'm like, okay, but I don't have the technical skills to produce it. Like I have GarageBand on my computer. I have on my phone. I can do the little loop samples, and I can, like the, the ones that are pre-programmed in, I can just like, tap them and like make it sound all right. Like it's already kind of done for you, but like to go farther than that, to actually do the, the root work of getting something looped in. That's brand new. I, I, I've put some effort in trying it. Can't do it. But like I like drums and I can, I can keep a good beat. So whenever I hear a song that has like a certain drum pattern, I'm like, eh, it feels like it could be a little bit better. Yeah. Like a lot of people that, are drummers and they cover a song, they add a lot of feels. And I'm a filler. I love yeah. the feels in it, um, all the feels really. Yeah. Um, and so I find myself doing like I, I'll I'll be on my steering wheel, and that's like typical dad. You know, you're yeah. you're drumming on the steering wheel. Oh yeah, I do. Um, but like I'm I'm adding stuff, and I it's a, I I figured that's something you do. Yeah. Um, so while we're on the the topic of um, music. And you mentioned that song um, on on top of the world. So, is that your m- most well known track, or like, what's the most? What is some of the tracks that you are more well known for? Because for me, top of the world, it, it instant like, oh yeah, that's DJ Moon. But like, yeah, there there's probably others that you you've had that are more played or more well known. Yeah, that one's probably the biggest one. That's I mean, it's a remix, so it's not like I don't own the rights to it. Yeah, I didn't write the song, but. So you don't make any money from it? No, I don't. No, no. <laughs> That's unless, a shame. Unless I get a gig based off of it, you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that, I yeah. have. I don't, I don't know. Nobody's ever said, yeah, sit on top of the world. We're going to book you because of that. But, yeah, right. Yeah. But, I mean, um, I mean, that's a popular one. Um, the remix of After All that I did by Delirium is pretty popular. I get a lot of requests for that, you know, when I play somewhere. Um I did original called Beat on My Drum that got played at the Plaza a lot. Okay. You know, that was a pretty big uh yeah. Florida breaks t- style song. It was big in Florida. Are most of are most of these remixes on your um your links like Bandcamp and I think there's another one. Is it disc 
Discogs? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're probably on, they're, they're listed on Discogs more than likely. Um, Bandcamp is kind of more the stuff that I own the rights to or stuff that I've remixed. Okay. Um, I, I was signed to two labels, one Hoodwink Records. I did some records on there in the uh, late 90s, I think, you know, and I don't own the rights to that, so I can't sell it. You know, only they, the label sells it. Got uh, it. Juice Recordings, Beat on My Drum is on that. So it's not not everything that I've ever done is on Bandcamp. A lot of it is, but, yeah. you know, the, some of the original stuff that I sold, you know, to the labels, the label's on, I can't sell it. So Okay. Yeah. So I want to go ahead and play a little bit of the um, On Top of the World, Sitting on Top of the World song, just in case those that are not familiar with it, that that are in that young generation of uh, thinking that this is disco or plaza music. So this is one of the songs that, uh, for most millennials, just really hits that spot. It scratches the itch. And um, I'm going to go ahead and play a little sample of it right now. This is like uh, about a minute and 30 in. Uh, this is kind of when, whenever it um, really drops. So let's go ahead and see. By the way, I don't know if Facebook is going to ding me on this, but whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they might. I don't. The, I think Universal owns it. So Universal and uh, Sony is terrible about it. If you play anything on Facebook, they're like, oh, oh yeah, mine, like 10 mine. years later, they're like, oh. You played this 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're still hitting me up for, like, COVID, like, streams. Like, I'm Yeah, like, oh, I'm like, sure. That was, like, three years ago. Lord. Yeah, um, and earlier today I was listening to another one um, that you had on one of your links here, and I was really digging it. Um, let's see if I can find the song. I think it was uh, Hands Up. Yeah. Yeah, um, let's see if I can. Yeah, I own the rights to that, so. Okay, yeah. I won't, I won't ding you. Cool. Come on. There we go. I won't play the whole thing, but I'll just kind of skip through. All right. Yeah, we're going back to uh, Amanda Scott's. This is, that's about when I made that. I was playing on Amanda Scott's with uh, Johnny Cage and, and some others, you know. So a lot of the sounds that are in this song, like these are sounds that you've created either through, um, you know, piano equipment or like uh, drum pads or anything like yeah. that. Synthesizers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm a, a big synthesizer guy. I've got like five synths that I've collected over the years. They're, you know, vintage synths. And so, I mean, all of that came from like, I think that came from a Yamaha, Yamaha scent. So yeah, yeah, it kind of sounds like uh, similar to the situation that um, Dead Mouse. He has like all these synthesizers that is. Yeah, in his I don't studio. have as many as he does. You know. Yeah, but he's got some old stuff. Like yeah. he's got some things that are wild. Like where he can really change sounds that are like bizarre. Yeah. So some of his music has some crazy funky sounds. They're like, okay, how did he produce that? It's it's beyond me. Um, so. I know we're almost at an hour here. What is your 
what is your favorite DJ? Like when you want to go to listening to something, obviously that's not your own stuff. Cause you get, you always like your own stuff. Um, but like, what's, what's a DJ, um, or an artist that you gravitate towards that, um, you, you put on whenever you're feeling it. Um, I don't know. There's quite, a, there's a lot of DJs that I like. I mean, you know, it's mainly older, like, you know, mid nineties, uh, era, DJs yeah. who are still around. I mean, like uh, Sasha. Yeah, I don't know if you ever heard of Sasha and yeah. Weed. They were two like huge DJs. I, I love Sasha. He's a great. He's a great DJ. Um, I love the Plump DJs who are a huge breakbeat uh, duo. You know, they're really good DJs. They're good, pr- great producers. I mean, yeah. So these are not. These are like not main mainstream. These are like. Yeah, they're. I mean, they play. I mean, Sasha is. Sasha yeah. is one of the biggest DJs yeah. ever. I mean, like he's he's been on magazine covers, and but he's he's still kind of, you know, he didn't sell out to like commercialized music. He was he's still really underground, which I respect. Yeah, that's and what I was saying. It's like it feels still like would be underground. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. underground, but he's. I mean, everybody knows who he is. I mean, yeah. he plays the huge festivals and, uh, you know, uh, Plump DJs as well. They they're pretty huge. They're but mainly more in the in Europe, right? They play in the U.S. I've actually opened for them uh, a few years ago in Houston. They, but they didn't show up. Oh, uh, so but you did, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I took their spot. I did a slot anyway. So, um, but yeah, Plump DJs. I like DJ Icy. He's a guy from Florida. He, yeah, uh, is like one of the ones responsible for the Florida break scene. You know, uh, DJ Icy. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, those three, those three ones that I listen to. Nice. Bit, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, kind of a couple more questions. So, so, like, what's the average, like, set link? So, like, if you're going to do something that's, like, off the cuff and, like, pure DJ mode, like, what would a typical set link look like for you? Um, when I play on Twitch, we I do this thing every month called Back to Wax. And it's, it's a bunch of DJs from around the world, really. And we... Uh, we have a, it's called a raid train. You just you hand it off to the next DJ. I usually play last on Saturday nights, so I start at ten or eleven, and I'll go to like two a.m. Wow! So I'll do four hour sets. You know that's yeah, that's fun for me. I'm I'm going. I have thousands of records. So I mean, I, I've you know I play records whenever I can. You know, obviously I'm not one of these guys that brings records everywhere, but you know I'll play anything. I'll play digital. I'll play vinyl. You know, I'll play CDs if I have to. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but I mean, four hours is is for me. That's like fun, you know, because now it's like you know, you go to a festival, the guy plays like an hour. That's it, and he's get, getting paid twenty thousand dollars, whatever he's getting paid. You know, yeah, these, these DJs. I'm like, for an hour, like, I mean, I at least give people people like, man, an app, two or three an, hours. an hour is an appetizer. Like that's like the the just the beginning, especially yeah. if it's live. I guess it's it's the this generation, you know, where everything has to be like, you know, the tension span is not quite what it used to yeah. be. I mean, but whenever I was watching, whenever I discovered Amelie Lenz and I was watching the live feeds from Tomorrowland, uh, there was a lot of young people. So when somebody around here calls uh, techno music disco or plaza, I'm like, mm, I don't know if they're just saying that because it's the, the older version of techno. I don't know if they like modern techno, but like, there was a lot of young people, and like Amelie probably played 
for three, four hours. It, it felt it, it felt like a long time. I had her streaming on for like over an hour, and I was doing some work. And I'm like, dude, I, I had to look to make sure it was still her. It's like still yeah. her, and uh, I love that because that it, the and it was live, so I can tell like the the, the amount of energy that was going in. It was just it was really neat. So um, yeah, but an hour that's that's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, an hour. That's I'm getting warmed up in an hour. You know, it's like that's just a warm up. I know, and then you got to think about all the equipment that you set up just to do that one hour. Like, yeah, I couldn't. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a good set for me is like three or four hours. You know. Yeah. And I'm feeling it, so. Okay. I can kind of take it, take you on a journey, right? You know, as they right. say, you know, start out and then, you know. Yeah. Get faster and you know come down with some slower stuff. You know. You mentioned so. you have kids. Um, yeah. how many kids do you have? I have two. You have two? Yeah, I want to shout out my uh, my daughter. We call her DJ Mary Perry. All right. Yeah. What? She, Watch she'll, out. She'll hang out with me on the Twitch broadcast, and I'll let her pick some records out, and she'll play, and I'll play them. How old? She's, uh, she's about to be 10. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. right in there and, and yeah. learning r- learning right after you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And my son's five, so. What do you, so are you going to try to nurture Mm, I don't know. I mean, I, I probably won't. I mean, they they kind of they kind of they love music. But, yeah, you know. But I don't, I don't know. I won't like push it. You know? Yeah, you haven't tried to remix Baby Shark. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I just I try to I try to tune it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. Sorry, I don't know. So going back to the DJ mind, anytime you hear a song, I'm, I mean, obviously Baby Shark has been remixed already. It's there's some wild remixes out yeah. of there. Um, just I figured I'd, I'd throw that in. God help love us. it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, um, I I enjoyed the the time. I think it was uh, insightful, and it was it's cool to kind of put a face to the name. Even though I, I I've watched some of your streams, and I I kind of got a glimpse of your face, and obviously there's like s- like distorted photos of you, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. but like. You know, I live in a techno world, so I have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to stay behind the scenes, kind of underground. Right? Yeah, so. I love that. I I totally get it. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you uh, accepting my yeah. my invite to come out, and um, I I'm glad to have put a face to the music that, uh, especially my wife. I like again, I'll shout out my wife. She probably listens to yourself way more than i have yeah like she's awesome. on repeat thank you yeah so kudos to her um because it was like i think it was one of the songs that um she was listening to and i was like what so who who does this and she goes it's another dj moon i'm like oh dang so I, that's like way before i invited you way before i'd like uh dug too deep i was starting you know to look into more because i was like i've heard his music before like sitting on top of the world but there there's a bunch of others that I'm I'm starting to kind of yeah nice. um, integrate into my normal daily playlist because every like every day is different. Like some days I'm feeling like heavy metal, some yeah. days I'm feeling techno, yeah. some days I'm feeling jazzy. Like I'll put in like some some uh, yeah. some saxophone and yeah. like some slight light drums. So my mood changes all the time. But yeah, I whenever, listen to different. I mean, I don't just listen to dance music. Right, I mean, of I course you don't. I, I mean, listen to blues. I love blues <laughs> and soul and funk. And then you draw yeah. inspiration from all of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no doubt, um, music is a is a wild one for sure. So, yeah. But uh, man, um, I know it's around that lunchtime, and I don't want to hold you up. And I can feel my my hunger pain starting to kick in. So yeah. um, again, 
Thank you for coming out. If you want to go ahead and let people know where they can find you and where they can uh, go and support you, uh, you you have the mic to to do that. Uh, I mean, just follow me on Facebook. You know, just search for DJ Moon. You'll find the real the DJ real. Moon. Yeah, I had to I had to make it the real <laughs> DJ Moon. Somebody had DJ Moon already, and I was like, Yeah, Man. just look if anyway. you if you Facebook DJ Moon. Yeah, you'll find it. Yeah, you, you will, but you also see others. Yeah, so you'll see some other stuff. Yeah. 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 At the real DJ Moon. Yeah. And the link is in the caption of this video. Um, and then you also have your um, your links for your music. So you got the Bandcamp link and you, you got the Disc Off. Discogs. Discog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got that one in there too. And my my um, my tab is not showing me the no, full term. So I was like, okay, I think. Discogs actually was, it's uh, the guy who created it's from Louisiana. He's really? Trying, he's trying to get him on here. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. He, he lives in Portland. Okay. They're based out of Portland, but he's from, he went to LSU. Okay. Yeah. I've talked to him. Actually, I applied for a job over there. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I didn't get it, but he he actually he actually did uh, hit me back and like said, yeah, yeah, you know, I went to LSU. And so, yeah, I had a good conversation with him. But anyway, yeah, yeah you should try to get him on here. He's he's. A I definitely will, will look into that. I'll uh, dig into the, the yeah. company a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, so all the captions are there. If you want to learn a little bit more about DJ Moon, and if you want to listen to some of his music and support him and some buy some of the music, it's all there in the caption. Um, the links are there for you, so it's super easy. Um, yeah, go go check him out, support him, and um, yeah. Other than that, DJ Moon, it was a pleasure to have you on, and I can't wait to see what other other things you got going on and what other music you potentially create in the future, and yeah, go from there. Yeah, appreciate it. All right. Well, that's it, guys. Y'all have a great weekend.